Hello, I'm Carmen Colosi, a Stratfor Latin America analyst at Rain. This podcast is brought to you by Rain Worldview, powered by Stratfor, the world's leading geopolitical intelligence platform. Learn more at worldview.stratfor.com. You're listening to Rain's Essential Geopolitics Podcast. I'm Emily Donahue. As a company, Rain focuses on bringing to our clients' attention potential future risks that could impact their organization. So today we're going to talk about 2022. After a bumpy 2021, what can we expect of the global economy in 2022? Well, here to guide us is Michael Mondever, Rain's Senior Analyst for Global Economics. Hi, Michael. Hi, Emily. Let's start with growth. What areas of the global economy are currently experiencing growth? Well, Emily, first of all, the um, the global economy is starting 2022, certainly better than it started 2021. Um, you may recall that in 2020, growth was down by about 3.5% overall. Um, the world is still in recuperation. We're entering our third year of the pandemic, and there's a lot of uncertainty over what the Omicron variant of COVID-19 is going to bring. There there has been progress in vaccinations in most developed countries, although there's still a large amount of vaccine hesitancy, as we very well know in the United States. Meanwhile, there have been lagging vaccinations and healthcare concerns in the rest of the world, and there is a threat of new outbreaks and new variants, all of which have uncertain morbidity and mortality. Overall, Going forward, growth should be relatively strong if downside risks don't materialize, and that means probably aggregate growth of about 4% in 2022, but momentum has faded, and there's going to be a further slowdown to the global trend of around 3% plus or minus a few tenths of a percent, likely by the end of the year. So where is that coming from? Well, obviously from China and the U.S., which have been the locomotives of the global economy. Together, they account for more than 40% of global output. But both countries are slowing down to pre-pandemic trends. In the U.S., we had an unprecedented amount of fiscal stimulus in the last two years. The estimates are that it was something like $14 trillion, which is equal to two-thirds of 2019 GDP. That's going to slow in 2022. We know there will be infrastructure spending, but the impact of that probably won't be felt until at least late in the year, if not until 2023, given that there are long long lag times on projects. And we also don't know the, uh, the future of the president's Build Back Better program, um, whether that's going to, going to add stimulus or not. And there will also be increased inflation, and the Federal Reserve will start to increase interest rates in 2022, all of which will add to the economic headwinds. Um, as far as China goes, there's been a, notice, a noticeable slowdown. The, the annual growth data is still strong, but it's primarily from base effects, and the quarter-over-quarter quarter data are rather anemic. Uh, Chinese growth has been less than 1% in two of the last three quarters, and the reasons are that there have been repeated outbreaks of COVID-19, and China has a zero-tolerance policy where it immediately shuts down local areas throughout China, and consumption remains suppressed as a result. Um, there have also been energy shortages that have affected production, 
and there's been a substantial slowing in construction and and property activity. Uh, that sector alone accounts for about 25%, at least 25% of Chinese GDP. But the government is trying to address domestic debt issues and damp down speculation, and that's resulted in, in falling housing prices and, a, and, a, uh, and a, a slow property sector. Can we talk about the rest of the world? What are those prospects looking like? Sure. Um, it really depends on vaccination rates. A lack of vaccinations has, has generally retarded growth in some, but not all emerging markets. And it's too early to make a forecast of the effect of the Omicron strain, um, except that there's a widespread expectation that at a minimum, it's probably going to worsen supply chain bottlenecks that have been affecting all economies worldwide. Um, in addition, we generally expect the U.S. dollar is going to remain relatively strong as the Federal Reserve starts to increase interest rates. And that typically corresponds to a reduced global risk appetite. So there may be some slowdowns in capital flows to emerging markets. The countries that have large foreign exchange debt or large fiscal financing needs, and I'm thinking here of uh, Argentina, Brazil, Turkey, South Africa, those could be vulnerable, especially if there's changed global risk sentiment and investor expectations. And you're going to have smaller emerging markets Ghana, Kenya are the ones that come to mind that are also going to face increased risk premia and the possibility of financing shortfalls that could limit their imports. Um, it's also worth noting that basically five years of progress in alleviating global poverty was wiped out by the pandemic. The World Bank estimates that, that something like 90 million people were put back into extreme poverty and are now living on less than $2 a day. Michael, let's talk a little bit about the two elephants in the room here, so to speak. We're talking about supply chain bottlenecks and inflation and interest rates. Yes. Well, first of all, the supply chain bottlenecks, the disruptions that we've been having for most of this year are probably going to persist well into 2022, if not last the entire year. Um, I think the biggest surprise to most observers, certainly most economists, was the mismatch between global demand and supply in 2021. We know that governments were very good at maintaining aggregate demand with income support schemes. I already mentioned the one in the U.S., but no one anticipated the interruptions to supply chains that, that occurred basically from a shift in global demand towards manufactured goods. Those are very capital intensive in production, and they're inelastic in supply in the short run, and it's hard to catch up to increased demand in the short term. Um, what that has done is it's basically made inflation higher and longer lasting than anyone expected in early 2021, and inflation is going to persist well into 2022. Uh, this is something that rain has been drawing attention to for much of 2021, um, going back to March and April when we began to ask what if the Federal Reserve and other central banks are just wrong on interest rates, or just wrong on inflation, rather. Um, inflation has been driven by higher labor prices, higher commodity prices, higher prices for housing, and now tighter financial conditions that we're going to have going into the year. Um, I would expect that headline prices for food and energy are going to remain high. Food prices were nearing a record level at the end of 2021, and 
labor shortages and food-producing countries are going to keep them high, and you also have prices of fertilizer affected by higher oil prices. Uh, so you have labor shortage just about everywhere. In fact, uh, in the U.S., we, we have uh, something like 4.5 million, well, 11 million, actually, 11 million unfilled jobs, and uh, fewer than that number of people looking for work. Um, and inflation expectations are increasing. There, there's a fear that it could ignite a wage price spiral as people try and protect their purchasing power, and there are second-round effects on underlying inflation. So that's pushing many, if not all, central banks, the, the European Central Bank is the outlier here, to reduce the amount of easy money they've been providing by cutting back on the amount of liquidity they've been pumping into economies and starting to increase or, in the Fed's case, at least anticipate increasing interest rates. Well, that's a lot to look forward to, Michael. Thanks for that analysis. You're welcome, Emily. Michael Monderer is Rain's Senior Analyst for Global Economics. Sign up for Rain Worldview and get access to the entire global geopolitical forecast for 2022. Visit Stratfor.com for a special subscription offer. That's Stratfor.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.